about Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder um, to recommend us to friends, family, foes, whoever. Uh, and you can follow us at FWM Podcast on Twitter, Feminist Without Mystique on Instagram. And here we are, Miss America. <laughs> here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about Jackson and water and what's happening and what's been happening and where else has been happening. Um, but first, Martha's Vineyard, question mark. Yeah. Oh, man. That stunt that uh, DeSantis pulled, if you haven't, hadn't heard, he just put a bunch of migrants from Venezuela on, um, they were seeking refuge here on a plane and gave them false information and misinformation, like a swirl of both, like intentionally misleading them about what they would, what they were to expect and they didn't even know where they were going. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then they, and set them up with court dates that they definitely, none of them would ever, ever be able to make. Some of them were supposed to show up in a court in Tacoma, Washington on on Monday morning. Um, uh, and so, yeah, set them up with like false paperwork, a false idea of where they're going and false expectations and then false stresses. So evil. Really evil, really, really evil, and he 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 leans into the evil. He and his press people in a way that I find so upsetting because it's like their formal policy is cruelty. Um, taking them basically from San Antonio to Martha's Vineyard. Um, so, you know, I have some questions about like why DeSantis is involved in, you know, it's not his border policy uh mm-hmm. shouldn't be um and it's using the concept of sanctuary cities and saying well you said you're a sanctuary city so we're just going to send you everyone that we don't want to deal with mm-hmm. um it's another way in which i feel like we don't feel like 50 states at all because there's no united policy there's no coordination and it's just now sticking the thumb in other states eyes and conservative governors are doing this now with like people who are coming across the border also they're doing it with their unhoused populations they're sending them to the pacific northwest um finding that figuring that out right now it's just it's a huge problem yeah and they act like it's this like genuine oh well they're sanctuary cities like we know it's not genuine but like they say that and Mm -hmm. as if they have no um ability to create their own (laughs) right right um and these migrants were falsely promised work Mm -hmm. um and housing and uh apparently were approached by people who handed out gift cards and offered them to a sanctuary is what they called it in massachusetts where they could find work and housing um and be treated with kindness um yeah, it's pretty disgusting. A lot of these migrants, too, had been traveling for more than, like, two months mm-hmm. through really perilous conditions um, to arrive where they arrived and then to be part of this, like, 
disgusting political stunt mm-hmm. um, is pretty obscene, terrible. Mm-hmm. Like these are human beings um, yeah. that are being treated this way. It's not a, they shouldn't be a political stunt, but um, here we are. And apparently DeSantis was really wanting to highlight illegal immigration and what's happening. Um but apparently a lot of these migrants are suing now, which yeah, good. I think is fair. Um, for among other things, inducing uh, migrants to travel across state lines by fraud and misrepresentation. Um, and apparently, I this was news to me, um, I was reading about it more today, that the money, allegedly, but like, hmm. Mm -hmm. I think probably Mm -hmm. uh, that DeSantis used was not authorized because it originated from the COVID uh, recovery fund. You know, what's funny. I fucking had a weird feeling. I just thought, Mm -hmm. I wonder where that money came from. Yeah. You know, (laughs) which is like restrict, like you're supposed to use COVID money for COVID things. Right. Right. Um, So, and DeSantis insisted no laws are broken. Um, and has pledged to continue his administration's $12 million program to relocate migrants to quote-unquote safe sanctuary states. Again, just become one. Yeah. If, yep. You know, like, this is, you're so trying to play both both sides of this. And oh, it's very I tongue-in-cheek, mean, and we see what you're actually doing, but... Totally. Also, he didn't, you know, if you were going to be doing any of this in any attempted good faith you would have let people in in massachusetts like law enforcement you would have let the governor mm-hmm. of the state certainly um people in the locality in martha's vineyard you would let them know but um they didn't let anyone know except for a fox news reporter that that was there and no one else mm-hmm. knew so no one else was there to receive them um and it, it just is disgusting demoralizing fucked up and obviously yeah, a symptom <laughs> Yeah, and can you imagine being one of these people who spent more than two months through, like, a perilous journey, mm-hmm. arrive somewhere, is told, like, hey, you know, there's somewhere you can go, you'll be able to work for money, you'll be able to have somewhere to live, it's a sanctuary, you'll you'll be safe there, it'll be great, and then they're sent some, somewhere that doesn't know they're coming, and like you said, they're given a court date they can't possibly get to unless they're a pilot of a private jet, mm-hmm. Um it's it's disgusting on so many levels like it's a political stunt but beyond that it is like a human uh, i don't know atrocity might be too strong of a word but it is really 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 disgusting and immoral unethical and just so wrong yeah i totally agree uh good good debate no, good debate but, we both think this was bad <laughs> yeah I, I do think like zooming out it's like there needs to be some sort of federal policy here and dollars mm-hmm. um because this whole like states bickering amongst each other and like trying to t- literally traffic humans you know i think i saw one lawsuit i think someone in san antonio is suing for like basically human trafficking um, because mm-hmm. it was sort of like you, like you said, the the trafficking of migrants under false pretenses um, um, is, I, I you know, the fact that you would take that, you would do that so cavalierly 
and so smugly, but I, I, it's a problem that basically, you know, I can sympathize with a general frustration with a state like Texas where they're like, hey, you're saying you want open borders, but like no one's giving us money to deal with this. And this is should be like a 50 state problem. It can't just be like Texas, you know, or whatever. I sympathize with that. That would be really frustrating. So, okay. So we should, as a as a country, we should come together to figure out what is the plan here mm -hmm. um, and how do we receive migrants at the border and not put the burden on Texas. Um, I, I totally, I'm sympathetic to that. It's like, let's come up with a solution together and, yeah. and give them. Each state yeah. has the resources to take care of and intake yes. migrants. Yes. And, and so we should allocate so that it's sort of like, as people are coming in, you, you know, you're getting, maybe assigned like the part of the policy is like this is a federal policy you get assigned and it's based on the um you know population of the state you know what what their resources can handle or like what type of land is available you know what resources but yeah i i uh i do feel like it's um again this feels like a solvable thing and it feels like something that should be undertaken um at the federal level to, to step in and help. But the, the irony is it's like the people who, this is a bunch of states rights people, Texas, mm -hmm. Florida, like the state should do what they want. It's like the state, should, not really in this case, like we should all mm -hmm. be banding together on this so that like, if there's a, if there are liberal policymakers, like, you know, the, and policies like the ones that we think we want, the, the the broader government should be helping to provide resources for that so that you don't have people who are like, well, I didn't vote for this and you're don't, you don't live here. Mm -hmm. You know, there are easy ways I think to mitigate those types of tensions anyway. Yeah. When you think about what this country spends on so many things, like I feel like we have a few dollars to help people seeking asylum and refugees and migrants who, like I said, are spending months and months on journey that off, like, you know, very recently, 50-something people were found dead yeah. in Texas, migrants, um, attempting to make the migration over. Like, it is a – people aren't coming over for spring break for, like, a cute little moment, you know? Yeah. People are coming here. And I was reading something. Um, <laughs> I was reading something. <laughs> Tab's uh, open somewhere. <laughs> yeah, tab is open somewhere. Um, I think it was, like, the UN was referring to – United States like closely being close to third world status which I don't like that term but right that's the term that's being used um with the UK not far behind so I don't even know how much longer we will be somewhere where people want to come right for refuge but as long as we are somewhere um that is safer than where people are coming from I feel like it is our human uh responsibility to one another to accept these people yeah, it really is. It's um yeah, we're not responsible for where we're born. Yeah. No. No. Oh man. Um well, speaking of kind of like federal, you know, dollars to spend in mm -hmm. in different places that we could spend and that we could allocate and to help to help people. Um the main topic of today uh is just kind of thinking and processing um, the fact that there are cities, specifically in this instance, Jackson, Mississippi, without clean drinking water, mm -hmm. uh, I, which just leaves me kind of stunned. Mm -hmm. um, and 
depressed <laughs> and uh it seems like it's not something that happened overnight it's like the product of a long series of like disinvestment divestment divestment um in that city um and that's not the only city that has this issue there's like i think flint is probably the most famous mm -hmm. re recent example but um yeah i think it's <laughs> it's one of those things that did make national headlines but it actually feels like it's kind of faded even though the problem seems to be still there no, very much there yeah it's interesting i did not I knew theoretically that we had Pete Buttigieg. Where are you? I literally Googled Pete Buttigieg Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to help infrastructure man? Mm. Um, I, you know, I knew there were infrastructure problems in the United States. I knew they disproportionately affected people of color, marginalized communities. I did not realize, um, because of my own privilege, like the extent to which that was true. Um, apparently 14% one four of treated water is lost to leaks in the United States because of faulty pipes or old pipes. That's a huge fourteen percent of treated water. Um, a ton of the water treatment facilities that we have here were built in the seventies, and some pipes are even older, like a hundred years old, like the pipes in my house. Which literally, that's why I don't have a kitchen ceiling right now. <laughs> and this is not my. Oh, sorry, I'm. I have home insurance. Like I'm fine, mm -hmm. um, but. Old pipes Old don't want to pipe. pipe any. They don't want to pipe anymore. Um, and the places that are disproportionately affected by these um, these old treatment plants or these old pipes, um, this shitty infrastructure, tend to be communities that are predominantly uh, people of color. And there are, I mean, a lot of reasons for that. None of them are just reasons mm -hmm. um but in jackson for instance like you said like this isn't it's not a brand new issue um i was reading uh about what's been going on there and it sounds like for the past many years it's been more often that they've had a notice that they need to boil their water than they mm -hmm. haven't mm -hmm. um and I was listening to something that was talking about how thinking about the pipes as uh, streets and, you know, when you have too many cars on the road, more than it's designed for, for more years than it's designed for, things are going to start to fall apart and they have to be repaired. Mm -hmm. And when you apply that same thinking to, to water and water pressure and pipes, um, it's a similar thing where it, you can only stand that pressure for so long. There was some white flight from Jackson in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are neighboring towns that are predominantly white that don't have these issues. Mm -hmm. They're not suffering the same issues as the people in Jackson are, um, are suffering. And then you have the climate crisis and increasing floods. And who is living in the areas where these floods are more prone to happening because of redlining people of color. Um, so you have these sort of compounding factors where 
the communities of color are disproportionately impacted by these things because of not only redlining and the climate crisis and where they happen to live because of that, but also because the the systems in place to treat their water and the pipes that they use also are, you know, not being tended to. And, you know, there are records of the city council people, of the people who live there, who work there, advocating for improvements to these systems and not getting the money that they need to improve them. Whereas the other areas around them that have more white people there, you know, their, their systems are fine because they're getting upgraded and you can't, (laughs) these pipe systems and these water treatment plants can only last so long. It's inevitable eventually without proper care they're not going to work anymore Mm -hmm. and then you have people having water that's unhealthy to drink to shower with to brush their teeth with um Mm -hmm. which is kind of where we're at right now where water pressure i mean it's been going back and forth but i believe at this moment water pressure is more or less restored in jackson but they still have a boil water notice um and not everyone has the means to even boil their fucking water Right. So what do they do? Um, and pe- Like, volunteers are giving out bottled water, but eventually that runs out. There are children who are more susceptible to the negative impacts yeah. who are there. And you think about Flint, and you think about the impacts there, and um, you think about Republicans blaming the Democrat-run cities which generally are cities that are in Republican-controlled states that choose not to fund those cities. Right. Or decide, like, I'm going to punish them for funsies and not give them the the resources that they need. Like, it's just a whole fucking mess. And it's not the fault of people who live there, and it is due, in my opinion, and the opinion of others, to generations and generations of um, not only climate crisis but racial injustice and how they intersect and it's a whole fucking mess right it's a total mess um and it feels like it's one of those issues where people can just hide behind like either like kind of euphemisms or other like there are other scapegoat issues like well we don't have the tax revenue and it's because people aren't investing in jackson they're moving out um Apparently, like, there are a lot of towns that used to have two or 3,000 people, and now there's, like, 35,000 in those towns because they're neighboring Jackson, and people don't feel supported there, and so they don't want to live there anymore. And so people who have the means to move out, move out. Um, In addition to the, like, well-documented white flight, I was reading about, like, you know, a lot of black middle-class families left, too, um, just because, understandably, you don't want to have to be – you want to want to live – somewhere that's good for you and your family and healthy. Um, I I can't imagine the fear, basically, and the, the constant anxiety of being like, if I don't boil this water, am I going to get, like, a disease? Am I going to get sick? Am I going to die? Um, that's that's a level of attention to drinking water that I've never, you know, privil- you know very privileged, like, never had to think twice about drinking water. Um, and... I just can't imagine like the strain that that puts on every other element of your life. If you have to boil it to brush your teeth, boil it to drink water. Um, And kids who are trying to learn in schools, not being able to just like 
fill up your cup of water at the sink or something. Um, there's also um, the Republican congressional, you know, delega- delegation in Mississippi that you know they all voted against Biden's infrastructure plan, um, and Mississippi specifically required communities to provide matching funds for federal pandemic relief money dedicated to infrastructure. Um, and so for Jackson, they could only they only got twenty five million because that's all they could that's all they could match. Um, and you know you have officials blaming each other, and um, it you know I, I I find it sad. I mean we go, we can also see the decrease in in population. Um, the Washington Post talks about how Jackson lost. Um, has lost roughly 40,000 residents since the population peaked at about 200,000 in 1980. Um, Jackson's now 83% black with a quarter living in poverty. Um, And I guess like in this context, in this moment where we are seeing a lot of money, a lot of aid going to Ukraine, (laughs) um, we see it kind of like we blink and there's another like $4 billion that's sent to Ukraine. And now this is very, gets very difficult because it's like, do I, I want Ukraine to be okay. I want us to help. I want the, I want Putin to stop. I want all that. But I also am looking at our cities and the infrastructure that are crumb, the, the, the crumbling infrastructure in our cities. And I wonder why even a small percentage of the resources that we're sending over to Ukraine can't be put towards uh, drinking water, um, clean drinking water. I mean, you can't live your life without drinking water and Mm -hmm. that is like the absolute most basic thing that you would that that a government that the infrastructure of a government even a small government like republicans want should be obligated to provide in terms of quality of life like drinking water is like the number one thing um so i guess i I, you know I, i know that there was a whole series that was done by um a reporter i think for the Oh my goodness, I'm going to forget. A, uh, a newspaper down there, like um, like the Atlanta Sentinel or something. Um, ugh, I'm forgetting. But there's a whole sort of series that this, this journalist was doing on drinking water in Jackson over the last couple of years, which has just been, which was interesting to see, like, you know, following the ins and outs of the political infighting in that city. But the people who lose, you know, and the people who are hurt and who might even potentially die from some sort of illness related to poor, like, not lower quality drinking water, you know, it's not going to be any of the people who drive into Jackson from one of their suburbs. It's like the people who are, you know, living in the city and just totally divested, has that a, a city that's been divested in on, on, on every level. But I mean, drinking water feels like, as a country, there's, again, as a country, as a nation of 50 states, there's got to be a way where if something like this is happening, it should never have gotten to this point, but we, mm. we as, like, 50 states need to come together to say, like, this is wrong, here are resources to, like, get your shit into shape. Yeah, if we're not ensuring clean water to the people who live here, like, what business do we have saying that we're this... <laughs> this wonderful country where everyone has these rights these unalienable rights like you can't you can't say that 
Um, and you look at other similar issues with environmental justice and you look at um, cities and towns where, you know, you can, you can see the cancer rates increased mm-hmm. um, in the, the less, the lower income areas, the income areas where there are more people of color um, and it's near industrial areas. And that also goes back to redlining. Like this all, none of this is, is surprising information. Um, I think we're just sort of becoming more and more aware of exactly what's going on. And like you said, clean drinking water can't be only for the wealthy or only for the white in this country. Um, and what <laughs> do we have to do to make that a reality? Um, where if you are a human being, you're entitled to clean air, clean water, a roof over your head, um, just basic human shit <laughs> that you need yeah. to live your life. Like what... What does that take, especially when so much of the reason so many of these places don't have these resources is not through any fault of the people who live there, right? but because certain people don't live there. You shouldn't be, and with education, I mean, with literally everything in this country, education, all of the resources that can help you lead a better life, a healthier life, you are more likely to receive those resources if you already have money or if you already have a certain skin color and you certainly you know you already have certain privileges um yeah it's not like what am i what am i paying taxes for right if people are not receiving these things like why where is the money going and i don't you know i also do support like yeah i think ukraine should be getting support from us and also all the other places that are at war against their will, who maybe the people there don't look as much like me. Um, right. And for the viewer who can't see me, I am quite <laughs> white. Um, why, why do we as a country prefer to give our money to other countries of predominantly white people rather than cities in our own country that are predominantly black. Right. Right. Um, it's not, doesn't seem, uh, doesn't seem right or great. And I actually, I was looking into, I'm like, what people to judge, you know, I, <laughs> I don't, I really don't hate the guy. There are things I really like about him. And I was like, what are, are you going to, are you up to anything here? Right. Um, <laughs> And there's a bunch of money like being funneled into Mississippi for infrastructure, but none of it has to do with the water systems. Mm. Um, because and the thing is, there's a bunch of infrastructure crumbling in Jackson mm-hmm. because of the issues that we noted. Um, so, but it doesn't seem like Pete's uh, solving it for us right now. No, no, uh, it's. I mean, I'm. I'm just uh, looking, I'm scrolling through Twitter, seeing like literally, you know, the, the the water spigots, just totally brown water coming out of sinks. And yeah, like, people saying it smells like piss. Like really, really awful. Um, I mean, it does look like uh, 
residents are suing the city mayor and different officials and engineering companies for neglect and mismanagement. Um, and I hope they get a ton of money, you know, because mm -hmm. like you say, it's a really, it's really uncomfortable to look about where money is flowing and where money has, ha has not gone. Mm -hmm. Um, and all the different people in government and the different companies that are contracted out that pass the buck that say, not my responsibility. We're, we've, we're covering our ass. Like we're not legally on the line. We're not on the hook. And it's like, at the end of the day, there's like a group of people that have not had clean drinking water. And that this is like a decades long issue that has led up to this, um, this mm -hmm. crisis. And then it, it means that it's not going to be fixed in a day. It means you have to actually no. invest in like rebuilding the infrastructure. And then after that, like rebuilding trust with this community who like, honestly, I think I would have, if, if, if I was living through this, I think I would have a really hard time ever drinking water out of the spigot again, like normally, like right out of the faucet or brushing my teeth with the water or shower, you know, I just, and I think that that's a like I can't really imagine the the anxiety that um, of like living like that or having that fear in the back of my head that perhaps I'm getting harmed by using the water that's being provided by the city. Like yeah, this is like you know we talked about a long time ago and it's come up a few times, but just like the concept of weathering and like basically ill health of people of color, specifically black people, like that that is a combination of like a lot of factors of, of prejudice in a lot of different areas of their lives that just creates conditions that are more stressful. And so weathering is kind of like this concept that um, contributes to like just a degraded quality of life and then a, a shorter life. Um, and this is kind of one of those things that's, I mean, it's pretty acute. It's like no clean drinking water, but the effects that would will linger on for for this community, I think, and for other communities that feel like they've been so neglected, um, is going to last a long time. You know, um, yeah, understatement they're, they're, of the century. <laughs> they're like they're children and baby, like making formula. Yeah, you need water. You know, and little babies and children are so much more susceptible to to issue certain issues in water and in what they're intaking than other populations as well as the elderly and like there's different groups that are more susceptible mm -hmm. um and just like in flint there were issues with kids drinking the water and then having lifelong issues and it's happening you know here it's happening in jackson it's happening everywhere it seems like um where we're seeing these um, these cities that are disproportionately people of color and mm -hmm. you know like it's not a it's not a quinkadink no <laughs> it's a lack of caring about the health of these people and um, of the outcomes of them and their children and it's a human rights issue mm -hmm. um, at this point and Governor Reeves who is the governor in Mississippi who's a Republican literally made fun of the water crisis in Jackson on Friday oh um, God. and he said I've got to tell you it's a great day to be in Hattiesburg 
It's also, as always, a great day not to be in Jackson. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I should take off my emergency management director hat and leave it in the car and take off my public works director hat and leave it in the car. Like, not a funny cute That's joke not funny. That wow. you're making. Like, it's just, it's so... It's so obvious <laughs> what, wow. like, what is happening and who is being impacted. Um, and who the butt of that joke is. Yeah, and like the fact that he, after like appearing like, you know, and attempting to appear in, you know, working with the mayor of Jackson, even though it, you know, I never really, I don't think any of us really believed that Governor Reeves was, <laughs> was there for that. Yeah. Um, you know, more than 150,000 people have no clean water in their homes. And a couple miles away, they do have clean water in their homes. There's no reason um, that that should be the case. And like we said, your income should not determine the quality of water that you have. No. It should not, like you know what? Certain people are going to make more money than other people. And they're going to have a higher thread count on mm -hmm. their sheets. Mm -hmm. You know? And even that, I don't love. But there's no world in which it is fair or equitable that certain people are not going to have access to things that provide them with, like, life. Yeah. <laughs> health um because of the color of their skin or where they sit economically and especially when you think about the fact that so many people who are disenfranchised in this country are because of the color of their skin um, mm -hmm. through no fault of their own and so many white people white boomers have failed upwards yeah and get to like sit pretty and have all the nice things and you know, quality drinking water, air, they're not living along, um, you know, river lines that have industrial factories and things like that, that it's, it's just so wildly unfair, wildly unjust. And the more and more that we as humans and as, you know, a society learn about it, the more that we see what's happening and, what are we doing about it? You know, this governor's joking about it. Right. Right. So well said. So, so fucked up. Um, I can't, the joke makes me just like feel mm -hmm. ill. Um, Who are you? How dare you? No, I mean, how dare you? I, I <sighs> like, I, children are going to like get cancer and die because of you. And you're just, gonna because, blame the local municipalities because you didn't give them money when they asked for it right with their proposals and their plans and their due diligence like it's like everyone's just looking for like looking out for number one like generally you know and, and that's a lot of like people who are that applies to a lot of people in local and state government levels just kind of paper pushing keep you know keeping to themselves doing what's easiest or best for them personally and you you know there's a huge hugely lo losing sight of you guys are actually in public office to serve mm -hmm. the people and 
we come back to mm-hmm. the concept of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you know, <laughs> like life, like, you, and you emphasized, we're, we're literally talking about just life, you know, it's pu- public health equals life. Um, yeah. Drinking water, that's not going to kill you. Right. That's just going to hydrate you as water is supposed to do. Because as citizens of this country, you, we have come to expect from our government at a very bare minimum um, them to deliver um, the infrastructure and the resources so that everyone can have access to clean drinking water. Um, mm-hmm. It's 2022. Um, I feel like I say this a lot, but it's worth, at least for me, it, it puts everything in perspective. It's like, we literally landed something successfully on Mars. You're telling me we can't fix the water situation in Jackson, Mississippi? You know, you're telling me we can't come up with solutions for the unhoused. We can. They just we don't, can. Like, just don't want to. And everyone blames everyone else. I mean, honestly, and this is like, sorry, like going into like slight mini little rant, but it, it, I, how dare you (laughs) in like having to navigate or attempting to navigate, um, the bureaucracy of, um, the Seattle city, you know, council and the, the SPD Seattle police department and, um, building management at our building, because there's a, there's a whole thing happening, um, which I will not get into, but it's just like a huge, safety. It's a huge and urgent safety concern that is of such an obvious and grand scale, you know, that with like enough 911 reports and other incidents reports and other videos and audio, it's all there. And and yet there's no movement from anyone. Uh, and as uh, the, the desperation is like, when you feel like, what am I paying? What what are what are any what is anyone paying taxes for? What are we what are we paying rent for? You know, when there's like you're legally supposed to be protected th- by the government for certain things, like clean drinking water, like you're expected that if you call nine one one, police will show up at some point. Um, you know, there's certain things um, that we have been conditioned to expect, and drinking water is like number fucking one on the list of things that even a small government with a small C conservative mindset should be able to provide for their people. So I, I just, I'm in a moment where I'm kind of like really extra appreciating how, like how, how easy it is for all these different entities to just go, not my fault, not my problem, not my fault. Talk to this person, Mm -hmm. talk to that person and how tiring that can be. And actually has given me (laughs) a small little, other understanding of like the people who freak out <laughs> at different things like s- town meetings or whatever and they, they go viral obviously I have no sympathy for people who are real assholes but I I my sympathies are with people who have tried every single vehicle and th- so that by the time <laughs> they get to like a public forum like a community meeting <laughs> or something like with, with a representative they are so f- overwrought and like not being heard and that that like it is prime for someone to lose their shit and it, for it to go viral and for there to be no context. So my heart kind of goes out to those people in a different way too. Cause I'm, I'm feeling myself not heard and very frustrated by that. And I can't even, when I multiply that by the order of magnitude of not being able to have clean drinking water, my mind, like it's, it blows my mind. And, and the fact that anyone can, still deal with that gracefully, you know, and not have like gone on some, you know, like really flipped out. Um, because can you imagine if this had happened in like 
a white suburb, suburb for like 10 minutes. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. But if it, if it did for 10 minutes, you would have people suing the oh. shit out of everyone. And it would be a huge. A huge tragedy. Yeah. And I like I always grew up with the assumption that like the water was safe to drink wherever I lived. You know, mm-hmm. the air I was breathing was safe. And that was probably true. But for so many people, it's not true. And how do you even go about realizing that? You right. know, obviously, if you live in Jackson, I'm sure it's making, you know, it's making headlines locally. People are getting the word out. But like so many have said, like, this is not unique to Jackson. It's going to keep happening everywhere because we have not historically been investing in infrastructure and in water infrastructure. Like I said, 40% all the treated water is leaking out of the pipes and that's just the treated water um there are old pipes old water treatment plants and the places that get upgraded are the places that tend to be wealthier and paying more taxes so right what what do we do like how do we i mean yes we can vote and elect you know people who and speak to people who are already elected and, you know, try and do our due diligence there. But um, I also think it's really important to have, we, we, I feel like we've often referenced kind of talking to people in your mm-hmm. circles, particularly mm-hmm. family members who might, maybe you're the only liberal that they're talking to. <laughs> um, but really rather than like shying away from those conversations because they're uncomfortable, like really having them because mm-hmm as minuscule as it may seem and this is not like the be all end all like oh kumbaya we solved it but like Mm -hmm. I do feel like as individuals if enough people do a certain thing it can have an impact Mm -hmm. and I do think one thing that can be done is like having these conversations with people Mm -hmm. um who may listen to you and not listen to anybody else yeah um which I feel like involves us all doing our own research, thinking about where we live, what we can do. There's also nonprofits and places that you can donate to regardless of where you live that can um, help provide safe drinking water, safe, you know, this or that, depending on what is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that shouldn't be required. We shouldn't be leading on charity and nonprofits to provide what are human rights. Um, right. Just not to dismiss donating to them because right now we need to. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have those rights. But right. I do, you know, what a, studies show that if you talk to people um, who already have empathy for you about issues that are near and dear to your heart and mm-hmm. come at it from a non confrontational way, uh, they might listen to you. Um, so yeah. I do think it's worth anyone who gives a shit to really think about this, research mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, Thanksgiving, which is a whole other fucking thing. <laughs> uh, but Ugh. also often a time where humans come together around a table who might not uh-huh. otherwise. Yeah. Um, it's not too far away. No. So thinking about who you need to talk to, how you're going to talk to them. Um, because one person is one person, but, and I don't think one human being can solve all of this, but I do think there is, you know, evidence to say if enough people do talk Mm -hmm. to people about it, 
maybe we can have some sort of impact. Um, also, who you vote for, who you call about your votes and your opinions, especially if you live somewhere where you are in a position of privilege mm-hmm. and someone's going to listen to you. Use that yeah. to speak for people who should be able to speak for them fucking selves, but who, because of how this world works, aren't able to be meaningfully heard, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just, people should be able to drink water and breathe air. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty crazy opinion. Pretty simple. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so well said. I mean, and even like, even as we're, we haven't, we didn't really get into it and I'm not as, uh, well-versed on it as I should be, but I know that some of the issues with Jackson, you know, it comes from different flooding issues and there's mm-hmm. like certain environmental, you know, the climate, climate change is, is yeah. affecting Jackson just as much as a lot of other places. Um, and so probably hastening some of these, these issues. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, maybe it, it puts pre- more pressure on the infrastructure. Um, uh, there is um, a lot of smoke in Seattle right now um, due to wildfires. Like this, the smoke is, uh, I think it's like at like 150 is the, um, where the, oh my gosh, what's that metric? What's that metric called? Um, but it's uh, smoky. It's smoke. Basically just uh, air quality. Oh, air. it's the air quality index. Um, so it's very poor. It's measuring around 150 which is unhealthy for sensitive groups. That's what it is. Um, but, you know, it's just, I mean, so we're all across the country, there's different, like, um, environmental factors that are probably speeding up um, corrosion, in, like infrastructure corrosions, basically. Um, so that's just a whole other element. But, um, no, but people should be able to drink water and breathe air. Yeah. Crazy opinions we have over here. We're wild. Whoa. These hot takes. Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anything else before we scoot along? I don't think so. I mean, there's so there's many. There's so much. There's <laughs> The thing about this is it's one of those like things where you keep picking and peeling and there's mm-hmm. so many other layers. And I, I really do encourage everybody who cares to like dig into those layers. Um, yeah. But I feel like I hit on all the all the major points I wanted to hit on tonight, at least. And I think we'll probably be circling back to environmental justice. And, you know, I think, I don't think we solved it tonight. Mm, Yeah, sadly, (laughs) I think we'll keep seeing uh, issues going forward. But I do feel like I, as much as I would have hoped to see more about Jackson in the headlines and Mm -hmm. in people's, you know, social social media feeds or whatever. Um, I do feel like I saw more of this than I've seen of similar things in the past. Yes. You know? So I'm hoping we're moving in the right direction in terms of recognizing this kind of thing and using social media to actually spread awareness and what people can do. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that's that's so right. This seemed to really break through for a hot second. Um, and um, the truth of it really, you know, just is so horrifying that hopefully as these things happen, as these news stories, which I feel like this is like, obviously it's not the first time this has happened, won't be the last, but um, there's a whole generation, hopefully, you know, the, the Gen Zers and, you know, who can really know how to wield social media as like, 
the most powerful tool of awareness um, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll just be able to spotlight this more and more and I don't know just try to shame government officials and and engineering com- big big companies that are contributing to these issues and to to just doing better I mean doing their basic yeah. jobs because they can do better like yeah they they can also still make wild profits right and do better right it's just less profit but they're still like they're still gonna be lot. okay and still have their boats you know what right. I mean like no one's gonna go boatless over this no one's losing their e- boats And now for We See You. Adam Levine. Yeah, I'm so glad you're doing this one because I have just had other... (laughs) Yeah, there are more important things. No, more newsworthy items that impact more people, but this... Like, I'm genuinely going to be learning from this because I have I'm seen it trending teach. on Twitter. <laughs> I'm here to teach you about this important teach issue. Me. Teach I'm here me. to teach you all. Um, Adam Levine, who, like, I never thought, like, he's probably the greatest. Um, but literally to this, like, earlier today, I played Adam Levine or Maroon 5 for my daughter because it's the only thing that will calm her sometimes if she's upset. Mm, I mean, there are some pretty calming songs. (laughs) Yeah, and like, I'm not gonna, like, I can disagree with the man, but I'm not gonna pull that from (laughs) anyone Mm -hmm. with a baby knows. Yeah, you don't pull that (laughs) shit from your roster. Um, Adam Levine, however, I'm personally canceling. Um, So it started with Sumner, and she, I'm still unclear whether she's an influencer, an Instagram model, both, or one. Also, not entirely clear of the difference and I don't mean that snarkily I really genuinely don't know Mm -hmm. uh, where she falls Um, but she said that she had a a year-long affair with Adam Levine that she was coming forward with it because she had texted a few friends about it and one of them had said they were going to sell it to the press Mm. Um, she's in her 24 I believe Adam Levine's 42 Um, she said a couple years ago in 2021 is when they had this um there's some really disgusting things that he messaged her on instagram um he said she was so hot way hotter in person and he also said he was way hotter in person um which obviously alludes to the fact they met in person mm-hmm. um and a few months passed i guess without any contact and then he asked her if he get his wife's currently pregnant, a Victoria's Secret model. Wow. Gross, right? Wow. <laughs> um, his wife's pregnant with their third child, and he reaches out to Sumner to ask her if he can name this child after her. Wow. What? Yeah, which is like a very weird thing to do in like a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and if it's a boy, I guess is what he said. If it's a boy, you know, dead serious. Ugh. <sighs> Several others uh, came out of the woodwork after this. Um, and he sent like a million cringe messages to all of them. There's someone, Allison Rosef, who shared her DMs, um, including one where he said, I shouldn't be talking to you. You know that, right? 
and he used like the fish on the hook emoji saying that she's got him hooked and she said oh, i'm so weird i only listen to metal and he said said no hot chicks ever other than you um which is like gross and like it's all just like gross and weird yeah um and then there's another woman uh and there are potentially four but there's only three that i have legit dates on but another woman who's a comedian um shared her dms with him which began with a message from him. I'm now obsessed with you. And she said, dude, aren't you like married? <laughs> and he said, yes, but it's a bit complicated. Stuff gets hard. I might get away. Whoa. Um, so there's all kinds of uh, sketchy behaviors from him. And obviously like open relationships are, are cool if everyone agrees. However, he was in a monogamous uh, committed relationship sending messages to instagram models complaining about his marriage with his uh victoria's secret model wife complaining Uh, about having his children and not wanting to deal with it and like there are other things he sent where you talk about someone's body or what you know ew how do you have such an hourglass like just so many gross cringy fucking things um he did respond to the initial allegations uh, from Sumner before the others came out. There's also another Instagram model who was like, he sent me messages, but he unsent them. And so she sent the screenshot of him, like, unsending them. Right, right. So, but he said, I used poor judgment in speaking with anyone other than my wife in any kind of flirtatious manner. I did not have an affair. Nevertheless, I crossed the line during a regrettable period of my life. Um... I mean, either he did have a physical affair or he didn't. Right. Speaking to the fact that he met her in person and he's the one who said that kind of makes me feel like he did. But Mm -hmm. even if he didn't, like, it's, he said awful things about his wife and whatnot and was, like, repeatedly hitting on young Instagram models. So, like, there's no, like, good luck here. Um... So, if my daughter's upset, I'll put I'll put Maroon Five on. But other than that, we see you, Adam Levine. Uh, we see you. Gross That's... and weird. Not yeah. shocking. Not shocking. He's always kind of had that vibe of like, mm. yeah, a little skeevy. Yeah, a little skeevy. Um, all right. Well, kind of keeping on a Mississippi theme a little bit. Um, oh no, Brett Favre. Uh. Um, he secured $6 million in welfare funds for a volleyball stadium um, and siphoned it off for himself. Um, well, this is all not officially proven, although this, he's kind of been in hot water uh, over the last couple of years. Like, if you Google Brett, Brett Favre and, like, it, it, there's different – he's been in hot water over the last two or three years because of sketchy behavior um, – and basically, he seems totally embroiled in um, a welfare scandal where basically millions of funds that were meant to go to poor families instead went to wealthy celebrities. Um, and I'm just this is according to the Mississippi Free Press, which did a huge investigation that came out on September 16th. Um, 
There were court documents that were filed, which revealed dozens of text messages, which showed how um, Brett Favre, which is, he's a retired NFL star. Every time I say Brett Favre, I'm like, is it Favre? I actually don't even know. I don't even know how to pronounce this. I've seen this man's name written, like, I know who he is. If you'd asked me before, I would have said football person, but I actually I feel like don't. I hear Favre, but I don't know any okay. of it. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with Brett Favre. That sounds better than Favre. Because I'm like, Favre? <laughs> he doesn't deserve a proper last name, though. Say what you want. I know. I clearly didn't bother to give him the respect of checking how to pronounce his name. Um, but it looks like he was kind of in cahoots with the former Mississippi governor, Phil Bryant, um, and a nonprofit leader, Nancy New. Um, basically, their text messages revealed that they were coordinating basically procuring these welfare funds to finance an $8 million volleyball stadium. Um, They texted um, things that included like literally an explicit question of like, let me see if I still have that tab up where he asks. Um, Oh yeah. He said, quote, if you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much (laughs) Um, she, and then Nancy new replied, quote, we never have that information publicized. And then she said, uh, wow, just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. He's on board with us. We'll get this done. Um, so it's just kind of, uh, it's sketchy. Um, it's kind of disgusting that, uh, I mean, I'm just looking at these texts. It's like, ugh. um, diverting welfare funds for a volleyball stadium in Mississippi, especially given everything that we've just talked about. Um, I feel like that sentence just speaks for itself. Um, And I would just refer you to everything we just talked about. Um, And we see you. (laughs) We see you. My God. Um, for anyone who does not, does not remember the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, mm, um, lucky them, <laughs> lucky them. How is it cozy under that rock? Uh, it's been a hot minute since we got that verdict in uh, Johnny Depp's defamation lawsuit against his ex-wife Amber Heard. Um, apparently. I haven't watched the docu-series. Mm, uh, but the two-part docu-series, Johnny versus Amber, the U.S. trial, did begin streaming this week on Discovery+. Plus. Um, and his lawyer, uh, Camille Vasquez, is featured mm. prominently in it. Um, including her arguing that he was too drunk or high to ever attack Amber Heard. Um, So she's saying if he's drunk or high, is he able to attack her, chase her, or land blows? It doesn't make any sense. Um, It does make sense. (laughs) Like plenty of people who have uh, harmed other people um, have been drunk or high It unless you're in a comatose state or literally passed out from it you're able to harm another person mm-hmm. I 
that argument is bonkers to me because if anything i would think like oh if johnny depp was super drunk Mm -hmm. he's not in control of himself his inhibitions are lowered you know it makes it even sketchier to me but his lawyer is saying he was too drunk or high to to attack her you can't come for him he was too drunk or high um so just we see you to camille vasquez for that like wildly inappropriate defense that makes no sense and like we don't need any more like defenses for him no um he's he's good you know yeah so we see you it's gross like you're a lawyer do better yeah like that legally blonde judge i saw on tiktok or lawyer the legally blonde lawyer I'll have to send it. Oh, send me. Oh, my goodness. She's a queen. She was discriminated against at her job for not dressing, like, conservatively enough. Started Mm -hmm. her own law firm, Ala Elwoods, and she helps immigrants um, and lets – it's, like, an all-women firm, and she lets them wear, like, whatever they want to wear. Wow. And a DA, I guess, like, gave her shit and called her, like, Barbie, and so she wore, like, hot pink – suit to work the next day and like beat him amazing oh i love this so much please mm-hmm. send me all any and all content that feels yes. like it's like a, a good thing like that's a, oh yeah that's also my good thing that's a <laughs> flag for a good thing flagging very um, rarely do we have like a little good thing in our we see you it's usually a we see you that crumbles into a it's usually a good thing that crumbles into yeah our good things usually become bad things um, (laughs) unintended but yeah i'll I'll send it to you it's pretty it's pretty cool oh awesome um all right so um andy campbell he's a senior editor at the huffington post covering extremism and disinformation platforms and he just released a book um called we are proud boys um just came out yesterday and it's sort of a history of the gang leading up to their role in January 6th and a ground level view of growing extremist, the growing extremist crisis. That's according to him, his self-description. But I bring that up because in the book, um, he talks about the origins of the name Proud Boys, um, which is really extra sad and irritating. So I'm kind of just sharing, um, that uh ben collins uh pointed out on twitter um basically the origins began um when gavin mcginnis who is the founder of the proud boys um and he used to live in brooklyn that's kind of his whole thing is like he used to be like a brooklyn guy who just like was sick of the culture brooklyn you know, just like I can't even I can't now picture her that this person, the founder of the Proud Boys, lived in Brooklyn, but he did. Um, and so the name came to him when he um I'm reading out of the book now, watched with disgust as a twelve year old boy with brown skin sang a musical number on stage at a school recital. Um so he talks about it on his the Gavin McInnes show. Um, he hated musicals and his wife, um, because his wife was sitting next to him, he had to pretend like he was enjoying it. He said, quote, fucking musicals, man. This is during his online talk show. My wife's a fag hag, so I had to sit there and not laugh. Ew. I couldn't say I couldn't say to my boys, don't ever fucking do that or I'll be the opposite of proud. Um, so he kind of goes on and on and on. And then he goes, quote, 
this little Puerto Rican kid comes out and he goes, quote, I'll make you proud, boy. And it was the gayest fucking song. He said, when I was watching, I was like, this is obviously the Hispanic son of a single mom. He did a high five. He he did high five a grown man afterward, but it couldn't have been the real dad. Um, it's like the Ew. horrendous like racism and like just the I, I mean it's just so hateful it's so hate it's so hateful and um yeah for no reason like you're really not helping anybody yeah um homophobic is the other word I was looking I was thinking like <laughs> maybe I have COVID too maybe I have the brain fog because I was thinking it's so um racist and like homosexual like, like homosexual is not the word <laughs> homophobic what a homosexual <laughs> maria my god COVID I, i'm totally i know i'm feeling feeling a little like huh, maybe it's just the end of a day but um so the song came from um the musical number uh it's a musical number out of the broadway version of aladdin called proud of your boy um which just kind of breaks my heart. Like it yeah. really, this detail about the founding of the, or about the name Proud Boys really, really hurts me. Um, really sad. Yeah. Um, I wonder, and I, I haven't bothered to look it up for the purposes of this segment, but um, I wonder if his wife is still with him because Gavin McInnes was like talking about um, how he, was that Nate? I don't know what that was. It's so weird. Um, I hate when there are too many tabs open. Um, but basically, like, he said that his um, – he said about his wife, uh, you know, she's she's pissed. She's like, quote, so your whole thing, your whole organization is mocking a 12-year-old gay boy. And I go, that's such a crude way to put it. But yes, yes, it is. Because that little boy personifies how far gone we are. So I just hope that, like, also as a sidebar, his wife isn't with him anymore. If she was rightfully repulsed by his whole worldview and just being an awful person. So anyway, it's kind of a we see you to Gavin McInnes. Obviously, like, permanent we see you to him and yeah. the Proud Boys. But just, like, kind of just had to bring that, like, really sad little detail to everyone <laughs> so that you can be sad with me. We see you. Uh, thank you, Maria. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's hard. Like, and thinking about like the children and the kids and all of this is, yeah, yeah. How how dare he? I know. Um, I mean that. Like, it sounds like how dare he, but I very very much mean that. Um, yeah. Moving over in how dare he uh, to Virginia, <laughs> Governor mm. Glenn Youngkin. Mm-hmm. Um, decided that transgender students just have like too many rights um and they should have less so he put forth some quote-unquote model policies released last friday requiring schools to categorize transgender children by their quote-unquote biological sex when it comes to using the bathroom locker room and other facilities and participating in activities they also just going extra that all was extra but going extra extra uh bar students from adopting a new name or pronouns uh without parental permission uh the thing is these rulings by governor youngkin don't seem to be legal Mm. um and also sidebar if they were legal they're still not right or ethical right um and what's legal in one state isn't necessarily right. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
he is a attacking trans students um, because there is already a rule in place that gender dysphoria, which is the distress a person feels when their gender does not match their sex assigned at birth, is protected under disability law mm-hmm. um, in Virginia. And Virginia also has a Human Rights Act that bars discrimination in schools based on gender identity. So there are already like rules on the books that he should not be doing this and implementing this in this state. However, for whatever reason, he is choosing to do so, and all that is going to do um, is hurt children, uh, their families, but most, you know, primarily uh, the children. So, we see you to Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. Um, I don't know if it's like a political stunt or if this is just his his vibe. Yeah. Uh, but either way, uh, the rules have already been made on this in your state. And uh, even if they hadn't been, don't be an asshole who's, like, abusive to children. Okay? Mm, yeah. You. I feel like that's just his vibe. I think that's his vibe. It is his you know? vibe, Mr. Youngkin. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like Gun Youngkin, his vibe is that, whereas DeSantis is just, like, like that's he's politically calculating you know he could kind of go in whatever direction the the political winds blow and i don't know that could be based on i mean they're both just the fucking worst yeah like i'm not threatening anybody but i could i like easily punch either one in the face and like not feel bad you know yeah absolutely If, if i needed to right right not a threat no, I ugh, that's awful. Okay. Um last we see you is uh so Ben Shapiro um is oh no, I'm not Ben Shapiro, but um <laughs> It's like what did he do now? I hate him. I know, but he is I think is he part of the Daily Wire too? Probably. Um, Sidebar we see you Ben Shapiro for whatever For you're whatever up to. you're doing, have done, will do. Just cover full cover there um but uh there was um matt walsh was making matt walsh who was at the daily wire and has um is known for like being hugely transphobic um and have a have he has a documentary out about about that don't look it up it's make you upset understandably um, but he was making a comment about how, like, oh, the da- the Daily Wire announces they're going to have a plan to make a movie about the life of Malcolm X starring Michael Knowles as the civil rights leader. Quote, the left keeps casting black actors as white characters, Mike, M- Matt Walsh said to reporters, now we're fighting back. Okay, so I, I am just putting this because I think while he's, like, joking, because, like, the Daily Wire doesn't like make movies although Matt Walsh does but he makes documentaries so I'm kind of like I don't think that he was serious but the fact that I even don't know if he's serious here or if it's a joke um the whole thing is kind of irrelevant it's more of the fact that this is like a serious thing that people keep bringing up with because in in relation to casting black actors in fantasy films and tv series and it's like the most exhausting ignorant shit from the little mermaid to the Lord of the Rings or like the, whatever the most recent Lord of the Rings prequel on Amazon is, or the house of fire and blood or house of the dragon. Um, 
it's just like, I don't even want to bring it up. I don't want to like give it any air because it's so ignorant, but I really feel like that if you can't differentiate like casting someone white as Malcolm X, like, I mean, I, that just feels like the, the most intellectually dishonest bullshit sentence you would ever say out loud, even as a joke. Um, because it just is like, I just have to kind of, <laughs> that's my final we see you as like, I, I'm not going to give it as much air as I would on another day because puppies barking and I'm obviously <laughs> maybe having my own potential COVID fatigue. I don't know. I haven't taken a test, but um, yeah, just, we see you to that and all the people who are making those types of arguments online. I mean, they're just like angry, small little white men for the most part. Um, and we see you. We see you. Um, for the record, you, I haven't heard any of your puppy sounds, and you oh, are a radiant being. Oh, um, so sweet of you. I, <laughs> you know, she means it. Uh, but as far as a good thing goes, um, yeah. this isn't, like, it doesn't sound like, oh, wow, amazing. But when you think about it, it's pretty cool. That mm. tracks with our we see yous. Yeah. It's very cool that like there's no I don't know I think it's pretty cool. I'm excited. Um, the world's largest shipping container line, which like obviously goes like all across the seas and whatnot, yeah, uh, is rerouting its fleet to protect endangered blue whales. Wow! Um, so it is a really nice thing because they're obviously going to be going across sea regardless and shipping whatever the fuck they're shipping. Um, but when like organizations and companies like make these steps to like as policy protect endangered species, I mm -hmm. think it really does make an impact. And I'm always happy to see an endangered species get protected. So yeah. like, thanks guys. The blue whales say, too bad you <laughs> killed so many of us, but glad maybe you'll stop now. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a good thing for sure. That's a good thing. Um, I, that's a classic good thing where it's both. Um, because of course, yeah. Um, no, because they wouldn't need to make the rule if the blue right. whales weren't being murdered. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, maybe they're safe from the, yeah, you know, shipping our, our goods. Well, I hope so. Um, a late breaking good thing, or at least a like. You hope so. That sounds nefarious. Like, what have you been up to at the sea? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm on the seven seas, just sailing just away, sailing, creating fashion blue whales. Like, whatever <laughs> needs to happen, girl. Dark. Uh, no, I was gonna say a late breaking good thing is that um, apparently Ginny Thomas, which is justice clarence thomas's wife has agreed to interview with the <gasps> january 6th panel i did not know that it's oh. new while we we're recording <laughs> oh my gosh oh i'm excited get out the popcorn yeah, bring your are, wine <laughs> things are happening over there i know i know it's funny that we haven't even there's like Trump well, stuff it's also, there's so much it's there's so always. much fucking stuff with it i know i and know like trump left and right will like get implicated and then like no it's it's cool <laughs> and i was watching the bachelorette last night and i saw that trump was like trending but i couldn't find for like why oh was happening yeah. um but i think it was because he was charged today by the new york attorney general but like last night they were like 
oh, the attorney general's making an announcement. Classic Twitter where we're like, there's an announcement, and then we all get worked up. It all got, you know, lost in the franchise of The Bachelorette. And I'm also disappointed with who they decided to be The Bachelor, but that's neither here nor there. He seems like a fine guy, just wonder bread at its, you know. Was this the finale? Girl, yeah. So it was like... (laughs) It was like the finale of finales, and it was like very much drama. Like one of my backup WCUs was Tino, because I knew <laughs> he was going to be sketchy, and he cheated on her, and he was rude oh. about it. Oh no! Uh, but there were two bachelorettes the season, and uh, shit got crazy. But who they chose for the bachelor was just like I—I I really don't hate him. He's not like awful. He's just so fucking boring. <laughs> And, like, the white breadiest white bread. It's not just me being like, oh, he's a white man. We can't have him. Like, no, he is just, like, paint dry, you know? Like, not here for it. And there were, like, so many options for, really? like, interesting men, um, oh including gosh. white men. But also, like, this, this, they've never had an Asian dude as Bachelor. Oh. There's this guy, Ethan, who called Tino, who I referred to as the shitty guy, mm-hmm. a baby back bitch. <laughs> in this season like in a serious way i mean how do you even land that insult he landed it he wow. fucking landed it and we've never had an asian bachelor and that's not oh. why he should have gotten it but like i don't know i enjoyed that moment there were anyway there are plenty of options for interesting men uh-huh. uh yet here we are with zach wait so is zach now She's so gonna she be the bachelor. That. No, she oh. didn't pick. So this is oh, you and I are gonna have to have like some sort of like webinar <laughs> about how the franchise works. <laughs> yeah. Um, but generally speaking, they so it's Bachelorette and uh-huh. Bachelor. There's also Bachelor in Paradise, which is separate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> typically they pick uh-huh. a future bachelorette or bachelor from the previous uh series, someone oh. who, who made it pretty far and and people bachelor nation they call us oh uh, do you guys liked. vote oh no we don't oh. vote that's the thing no one oh. would have fucking voted for zach <laughs> like he's so fucking boring yeah um but anyway it's fine i'll we'll, i'll fill you in on it later i know um, you'll have to give me a powerpoint kind of like um I Campbell's know sister yeah. gave us a powerpoint of house of gucci history before we went and saw house of gucci because she read the book and like it was helpful yeah this is like a less intellectual version of that for sure <laughs> the thing is like i know you could get into it and i feel like campbell could definitely get into it yeah um yeah i'm sure and yeah charlie gets it. he watches it with me every like he's into it thing. then he's wildly he's just as into it as i am okay um if not more and yeah we'll talk about it but Okay. No, yeah. Well, he's not a like an awful person, but I'm just like I don't, I don't wish you ill, but like I don't want to watch you every week. <laughs> right. Right. There's no need for it anyway. Maybe Zach will surprise you. No. Zach. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think you. I and really again, don't. Like even... I do. Like <laughs> I genuinely wish him no ill. He's not like a. I have no terrible person vibes from him, but I'm also just like, what are you, 25, and like. It's like family's rich, and he, I don't know. Mm. I'm just like I'm not really interested in like your story. Yeah, he's got no, yeah, no real personality or character. 
no life experiences I find interesting. (laughs) I don't know. No life experiences I find interesting. He's here to entertain (laughs) me and the rest of them. But like. I love that you take such a stand on this and like the most judgmental (sighs) I think you've ever been in your life is just now with Zach. I think he is (laughs) fine. (laughs) I don't wish ill on him, but I certainly (laughs) don't want to watch his fucking journey. Because the thing is, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to watch every fucking episode (laughs) And you know how long these episodes... The finale last night was three fucking hours. That that blows my mind. Three no one hours. has time. But sure, everyone I watched makes time. I was ready to go to bed. Charlie wasn't. And I was like, all right, I can't. We got to do this together. But no, yeah. it's terrible. And it's, it could have been fun. But now I'm relegated. Like, it's going to be a chore watching mm. the season. Sure, Aaron. <laughs> you don't have to watch it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's like that meme of Larry David being like, it's like, fuck you and I'll see you next week. Like <laughs> Exactly. Like I have to I need to know what happens. And yeah. somewhere along the way I'll get really deeply emotionally invested. But for now, I'm just bothered by it. And Great. again, don't have to be involved, but here I am. Here you are. Anyway, have a okay. great night, everybody. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Meanwhile, the only like news or reality show that I like watch is Great British Bake Off's coming back. Actually, it's just back. Good show. Yeah. Someone tweeted, I hope they're prepared to carry my entire mental wellness on their backs this fall. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> <laughs> they better be. <laughs> um, anyway, good. Good ending. Strong ending. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Bye. Bye.